Welcome to Recommissioned, a bi-weekly podcast where we go back to watch Battlestar Galactica. Each week, I'm joined by my good pal Matt, who has only seen the episodes up to the one we're covering. Now, I've seen them all. And this week, we're talking about Season 3, Episode 11, The Eye of Jupiter. Just picked up six heavy raiders falling away from the Cylon fleet, definitely heading down toward the planet. I don't get it. We'd have to know we see them. They're testing us. Want to know if we're bluffing about nuking the planet? Well, unfortunately, we are bluffing. Are we? Mr. Hoshi. Hi, sir. What are nuclear ground strike missiles? The launch tubes four through ten. Hi, sir. This is a nuclear mission order. Well, here we are, Mr. Anderson. We're back. Yet again. Oh, boy. We're back for more Battlestar Galactica. On a fucking cliffhanger. Here we go. Uh Uh-huh. Matthew gets to wait two fucking weeks to find out how this shit turns out. You know, I'll tell you something. You could. Uh You know, I'm going to tell you something right now, Matt. Mm -hmm. Once upon a time, I used to consider... You know what? I will um I will I will give the listeners, Matthew, I would say. Listeners, I will give you the next Battlestar Galactica the following week and we'll we'll rearrange our bonus schedule. Ooh. I'm not doing that though. <laughs> <laughs> that was a kind dean from the past. Yeah, you think I'm bluffing? Like <laughs> like Commander, should I say, Admiral Adama, I am not bluffing. And I'm explain to you why I'm not bluffing. Do it. Because I need more out of the uh, BSG listeners. <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to sip my beer. Hold on. I need more out of them. They're not really doing it for me anymore. <laughs> Got to step up to the plate. That's it. Because I'll cancel the show tomorrow. <laughs> if I don't get some... Hey, guess how many comments we got on this week's episode. That'd be zero. That'd be so, not a one. Not a one. I know it's not True. because the uh, podcast isn't particularly good. Now, you could argue... It's capturing a show nobody's really talking about anymore. And you could also argue that Game of Thrones just started back up. People are very distracted, and who knows? They're onto their 53rd Marvel movie that everyone wants to talk about. Because, you know, it's so different from all the other ones before it. And, uh, yeah, I'm not really happy with him. And, uh, you know, once in a while, people are like, oh, I do the next one, yeah, blah, blah, blah. But there's nobody out there anymore. And um, I'll cancel it. I'll, I'll finish the third season and go, Matt, we're done. We're done, done, done until we get 500 signatures. <laughs> Where's my change.org petition, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, I'll cancel do it, this shit. I can nobody's see the crazy look in his eyes. And nobody's participating. What are we Horring doing? into the void. You can just watch it yourself, dude. You could binge this show in fucking two weeks and be done true. with it instead of having to wait all this time so we can Fuck talk true. about it to these ungrateful little pricks. You know what? You know what this reminds me of, though, Dean? <laughs> the good old days. <laughs> The good old days back in back yonder, yonder. The good old year. days. Tell me about the good old days. <laughs> back when we had, you know, no listeners. I'll tell you <laughs> what. We knew we were hollering into the void. I'll plug my Street Fighter fight stick in every other Monday night, and I'll stream myself playing Street Fighter versus fucking doing BSG. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, fuck. We still need to squat up in uh, Red Dead and fucking rob a train together. Yeah, there's a lot of things I could be doing with my time. <laughs> And I don't have to talk I'm about a show you. that's 14 years old. I don't have to. You faithful few. I mean, Danny Fouch. I'm telling you, he will do it. He's got that crazy look in his eye. <laughs> Dude, 
I there's going to be changes at the end of 2019, and I'm just saying, getting ruthless. Things are getting chopped up that don't perform, and that's just the way it's going to be. I mean, that's I feel it. It's understandable. Got to trim. Got to trim off the excess. Become a but, lean, mean machine again. Enough of that. I feel okay. like didn't Chris Elia do this when he's like, "Hey, babies, if you don't download it, I'm going to cancel it. <laughs> I'll fucking cancel this. <laughs> I'll end this. Just so, take it away from you. Yeah. So it's on you guys to see how how faithful you are. And some of you might be saying, "Eh, I don't really care. Cool. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> so on that, we agree. Load off of my shoulders, I suppose. <laughs> I'll be complicit. I'll put it right off on the listeners. They'll be like, yeah, well, you know, times are tough. <laughs> you know, it's like I feel like I'm deciding the fate of a fellow capo in the crime family. And I go, nah, yeah, we had to go. He wasn't I earning. I like him. You know, he, I like him. He's a good guy, but he's not performing. <laughs> Gotta whack him. The first time a listener hands you a light envelope is not the last time they hand you a light envelope. This I know from my mafia watching. <laughs> All, all we're trying to say is that we might show up at your 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 daughter's, you know, quinceanera or whatever. Quinceanera. <laughs> whatever and we're going to come up and we're going to grab you by the cheeks and give you a big, firm kiss. And you're going to yep. know that that was the kiss of death. That's right. And then some up-and-coming young guy or podcast in this weird metaphor is going to put an ice pick in your ear. <laughs> to the feed. I could to do 12 feed. episodes of Firefly. Go fuck yourself. It's true. We could just bang them out. You know? So don't tempt me, people. <laughs> I this, felt like, you know, I felt like counselor press well, You know, no, you know, it's the like listener. the listeners, we never really get a chance to go after the listeners. <laughs> they get a the chance to get their frontier. reviews. They get their cute little fucking Facebook digs and all that bullshit. <laughs> right? And we sit back and you know what we do? We take it on the chin. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. There's no rules in this game. This is the entertainment true, field, Matthew. We're braving the winds. This is a new frontier. This is 1860 Wild West. It really is. It's the final frontier. Podcasts come and go mm-hmm. at the start of each day. I That's swear it. to God, they just poof into dust. They come and go. And uh, I'll tell you right now, pal, I ain't playing around anymore. Oh, I believe you. Yeah. I can see it. If I don't, in fact, I see only four listeners in this. If I don't get seven, this episode will be 40 minutes tops. <laughs> so you better go tell your fucking friends. You better go tell your relatives, people you can trust. You better bribe somebody. Oof. And uh, Damn, that's I that. Like this. <laughs> I feel like there should be a new term for this in, in marketing. The, the, the <laughs> bad cop marketing. The horrible marketing campaign where you shit on the few <laughs> listeners you have. That's a really good strategy. Not, not, hey, also not recommended for new starting podcasts. Yes. Yeah, by the way, don't do this if you don't have other shows that outperform this show. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> don't Bad do this marketing. if you don't have 350 paying members. <laughs> do this after that. Oh, fuck. Because you know what? They know us. And you know what? They know us. Right and now, you think, us. right now, if you're at home clutching your pearls, nervous... <laughs> That a listener is hovering that cursor over the delete key on their membership. They're not. In fact, I bet you that they're hovering it over the join key. And you know, this, and is, you what know they, also, this is what they want out of LSG Media. This is what they want out of Matthew and Dean. Huh? And you know, I, I got to feel bad 
for those unsung heroes out there who have stuck with every episode. They're here. They're always there. They're downloading every single one, left great reviews. They're, they're participating. And, you know, they're trying, but they, they hear this episode and they go, oh, no, I was so excited because we got past the passage, that kind of dog shitty episode, and this was such a good one, and now it's going to be taken away. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. That's right. Because It's listen, not your fault. It's not I your will fault. snatch your life away. I'll drink it up. I'll reach in. I'll drink your milkshake. Drink it up. I will. I'll do it. Because I see the worst in men, Matthew. I see the worst in men. Got a, got a competition in me. I've got no one else to win. Yes, I've got a competition in me, you see. On this, you'll agree. Oh, if we don't get the listeners, we will cancel the show. And on this, you'll agree. I love how he tells people they're going to agree with him. Oh, that's a hard sale. Hard close right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. Well, you've all been warned. You've all, you all may go back to your peasants' huts now. <laughs> and you best know you must pray. <laughs> Every once in a while, when you're the leader of a great cult, you have to come down hard on them a little bit and get them to my, perform. You know? I have to brand a few people. Every once in a while, you got to... Sometimes you got to make an example, and sometimes that example might just be the recommissioned podcast. Ooh. <laughs> might be decommissioned. I mean, <laughs> dude, Fair that's the well. best last episode ever. <laughs> At the <laughs> Do we play that Irish music that they always use in the As show? As we fucking send the corpse of the recommissioned podcast out on a boat and fire a fiery arrow into it. Fucking saluting it. <laughs> the recommissioned podcast has been decommissioned. Get fracked. Oh, uh, that's awesome. Just saluting it, firing it off into space. <laughs> oh, that's good. And as far as Dean and Matthew's opinions on the final season, you'll never know. <laughs> yeah, 500. And maybe you'll know. Oh, fuck. That's funny. Five, we hit 500 <laughs> members. We'll bring it back. So get selling. Get out there, my little pyramid schemers. Get a hustle and bring three more in. I need to see that hustle. Daddy needs to see that you're working it, girl. Every time you come up to me on Monday, you got a light wallet, motherfucker. I got Tammy over here in X-Files land. She's sucking all the dicks. Don't even get me started with the science fiction film podcast. She fucked three motherfuckers yesterday. Wow. Oh, shit. It's a weird metaphor, but I can dig it. I can dig it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. That fun is over. All it's right. funny because, you know, if, if, you're, if you're running into the live show late, all uh, <laughs> baffled, all baffled four of you. And confused. Yeah, you, you, it's funny. We had this whole professional new intro that makes it sound exactly like the podcast with the music and the <laughs> clip and everything. And then we just started it on this bullshit. Oh, it's a good time. You know who I feel like right now? As it relates to the Battlestar Galactica listeners. Oh, God, who? I feel like a combination of Anders and Duwalla. Oh, Just yeah, kind of like, over it. I'm at it. the end of the rope here. Yeah, just kind of over it. Kind of over that shit. Yeah, you know? About ready just to smash Duwalla. Yeah. <laughs> just call it a day. Yeah, that's the way it's going to be. You guys are like, I got to get the new bald move, Game of Thrones. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's what's happening. I get it. It's fine. Oh, They're pros. They make all the money. I get it. Right? Uh, 
I don't have to listen to those schmucks. They'll be around. Maybe yeah, they, they did. They covered BSG in one episode. It still outperforms our whole fucking podcast. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right. I'm done being a wise ass. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> I, Jupiter, baby. I, oh, Jupiter. And man, like I was uh, saying, I meant it when I said it. It's a damn good episode. Yeah, damn good episode. Yeah. Really enjoyed this one. Me too. I remember this one. I, I I always remember this one because it stood out from a locale perspective, like where it was. I remember right, like the huts. As, I as remember far as the, being a follow up to the passage. Yeah, no, but not. <laughs> I don't mean. I don't mean in the meta sense. I mean in the location sense. Like they're in this cool valley. I remember these temporary structures. Oh uh, yeah, I, yeah. I was always. I just had fond memories of this episode and the in the temple and stuff like this, but. Yeah, man. Right. Here we are. What do you think of? Uh, give me, give me a rundown. Give me some overall thoughts because this is going to be Damn, a quick dude. one. Because <laughs> I only see like five in the chat. Is, two people and a cat listening to our. I got, our I got five in the chat. If I don't get seven, it's going to be a quick one. <laughs> going to be real quick. So um, why don't you no, summarize man, your is... thoughts as if I could pull the plug at any minute? <laughs> Daddy's hand. This is, is by the way, this is a new form of podcasting. Sh- sword. Listen, this is a new kind of podcasting, and I tell you right now, it's going to be popular someday. High stakes podcast. High stakes of just brutal. <laughs> just yanking mics on people on the mm-hmm. podcast, even and eventually just tearing down the feed. Yeah. No, I'm Who talking knows? like in the I'm talking like we're 26 minutes in, I'm mid-sentence, and it just goes off. <laughs> and not just that. No, it's I not release just a 26 it. minute episode. It's a it's still a 53 minute episode. It's just white noise from there on. It's just blank. <laughs> <laughs> just nothing. <laughs> no, but seriously, your overall thoughts. Overall. Uh, man, this is like classic season one firing on all cylinders, Battlestar Galactica to me, man. This is, it's so fucking good. We have this really cool ground location that Let me interrupt high you. stakes. Huh? Let me interrupt yeah. you. All right, hit it. Classic season one. Are you saying you have yet to be this fulfilled since season one? I wouldn't say that, but I would say season one had the best balance of locate like like separate location stories all converging and and mattering like happening parallel but all adding to each other um and i'm not not saying i haven't seen that at all since season one there's still been plenty of great episodes and plenty of episodes that do that but i feel like a lot of more recent ones have become condensed into one location everybody's kind of back aboard the galactic or more so on the ground than like we've gotten episodes that are more just new caprica or more on the Galactica, or just that one-two split. Uh, whereas this kind of had just more elements all working together. The the Cylons appearing out of nowhere, having a Cylon negotiation for the first time. The the dynamics on the ground between Apollo and Starbuck and Anders, while they're also trying to mount this defense. Like everything was very high stakes, and it was mm. all it was just really really well balanced. Um, and it just kind of it, it. I don't know why, but it really does has a the feel of like a season one Hilo on Caprica of dealing with some shit uh, while Galactica is being attacked. Kind of episode. I can dig um, it. And I fucking love it. I fucking love it. And also still on the side of fucking Anders and Dwala. By the way, I like not I, even I'm, close. Wait, what do you mean? I, not even close. I, you know, right? I'm, like I'm who you're rooting for? Absolutely. And I'm like, and it's funny because like long term, God, I still, Deke. God, right? What a right. waste! What a fucking the bullshit she's putting up with. Um, but no, like way I, too I hot, way too smart, way too good of a job, way too to good be for dealing him. with any of this shit. Way too good. Fucking, she's Rihanna. And, We've already said that. And good at her job, she's better. Than Rihanna. Yes. <laughs> 
But no, like what's weird about it is that I the long term happiness of characters like i care more about kara and lee obviously than those two but but it's funny because i'm like justification wise you guys are the assholes like you're definitely the assholes in this and you're you're being dicks and in this episode they're especially awful like kara kara in particular is so shitty this time around i'm like girl fucking playing this hypocrite's game this shitty game but it's i still want to be happy i still love her yeah yeah well it's easy to love folly in a child it's true. I think Merlin said that. child. <laughs> I think that was a uh, Merlin line. But um, let's go right into the. Uh, let's go right into what we have here. Let's talk about this. We're fourteen days into a resupply mission. I'm told, Matthew, scooping up algae to eat. I I cannot help but think of the the nasty bricks that they're making in like uh, what's that movie Snowpiercer? Like I'm like you're just going to condense <laughs> yeah. it into that, aren't you? Just gross cliff bars. That's hilarious. Um, like I said, I love the location. I love where this is shot. Yeah, and, uh, Algae cool. Planet, 14 days in. <laughs> they don't even bother to give it like a name, like Algae Planet, fuck it. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 I don't really remember how it goes. You'd have to ask an astronomer. But I think it's just like, what's the name of the star? And then what's the name of the planets in order? Like, you know, whatever one, whatever proximity two, whatever to star, three, yeah. whatever four, right? <laughs> algae Planet, all it's good for. Yeah. Oh, and also it's got this incredibly important mystical artifact. <laughs> right. That they so happened to find. And that's this lends to some of the things Baltar says later. Um, well, we're up to seven listeners in the live chat. Just a quick update, which means the episode will be over 27 minutes as it stands. Because we're already at 18. So, Ooh, Honey Force, you saved If anybody day. drops out, it's going down. <laughs> the actual minutes are ticking off. <laughs> it is going down, brother. <laughs> but um, yeah, we see um, we see them all down there with this temporary setup. It's really cool. And then, by the way, Duala's facial expressions, she just knows what's going on. I mean, Lee's so full of shit. Ugh, she's so oh, over it's it. It's just gross. Like, she's don't so blame over her. it. Me neither. It's such a load of shit for her. Yeah, and he rushes but, out there. Mm-hmm. May mm-hmm. Right. Uh, who the hell is that? And I love, yeah, that when when Kara brings her ship in, you know, blasting in all hard, and do all is just like, yeah, Starbuck, I'd guess third time this week. Amazing how she keeps landing on top of the pilot rotation. You <laughs> yeah. cheating piece of shit. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you cheating piece of shit. I believe is the exact dialogue. <laughs> I stuck by you while you were a doughboy, you bastard, dude. She did. Ugh. We talked about that before. Yeah, we did. She fucked. She climbed up on that little Pillsbury Doughboy fat, fat guy dick, <laughs> right? <laughs> she fracked him, probably Still blew loved him. him. Yeah, Still right. loved him. Tolerated him that. She probably even lied and was like, yeah, your idea is really good. Double thumbs up. You're real <laughs> you're smart, smart and effective. Yeah, you're not, not a crazy. loser. You're not a giant piece of shit right now. Yeah, thumbs up. <laughs> oh, but as soon as I'm hot again, I'm going to go bang Starbucks, right? That's cool. Disgusting. Mm-hmm. Disgusting. But yeah, Starbuck fucking <laughs> practically crash lands, you know, comes in all hot and slams her ship down. And of course, Lee goes out to see her and they pretty much just get to smashing right there. Just hard make out. Yep. 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 They sure do. Cause they are, um, they're in it. Oh, they're in it. All right. Deep did it. Yeah. It comes down to, he's just like this, this always happens in infidelity, right? One person's always more into it than the other in terms of like the full commitment value. Right, for sure. It's like, oh, uh, divorce. And she's like, yeah, no. She basically <sighs> is like, 
Uh, that's a sin. Isn't right? that, this is she the kind of is. is she but, absolutely but is, it, is. But but you know, you, I know, I know the instinct is to say it's surprising coming from her, but we got to remember her faith. No, I agree. No, I, I think it's very consistent with her character and very realistic and very annoying. <laughs> where I'm like, you, that, that is the worst kind of pious person where they have picked and chosen what aspects of their faith. We're like, yes, this means everything to me. There's a sacred part of my faith and I'll never go against it. But this other thing that's against it, ah, whatever, who cares? That's lame. I'll do that anyways. And I'm mm-hmm. like, fuck you. You don't get to pick and choose. You're faithful or you're not. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, but she's completely okay with cheating. She's like, well, you know, divorce is different. Cheating's just bending the rules. Like, yeah, <laughs> sure it is. Uh, not really. <laughs> You're kind of completely smashing the rules over your knee, but okay. By the way, Lee's dialogue right here is just atrocious. Can we have a listen <laughs> to it real quick? Hit me. Yeah, right, here we go. Ready? Every time I look at my wife, I see my own guilt reflected in her eyes. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, Lee, that is really poetic of you, but you don't even, even make that star big deal out of this. Every well, it dude, is a big deal, Kara. It is. Get fucked, dog. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can just say, I feel really guilty about this, and I feel bad about how I'm treating you. I see your guilt reflected in my eye. You work on your Byron fucking quartets, huh? What, what are you going to put on a half mask and hide under a theater? Get out of here, dude. With your bullshit. <laughs> the pain in my soul. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking dork. I just I love that she am like slowly, gently. <laughs> boner surely aching. <laughs> I cheat on my wife. Yeah, but dude, so. he is also such a dumb dumb for dangling that little piece out in front of Starbuck of all people. I'm like, dude, you know she's gonna bust your balls for saying that, right? Like immediately, she's <laughs> no you shit. just threw you threw meat to the wolves with that one. Come exactly. on, yeah. How did you think she, she was gonna react, dude? Exactly. <laughs> and also, just her response of "You don't need to make a big deal out of this." And I'm like, that's how she's been before. That's the same way she treated him before when he was like all up on her, and she was like, "This is just fucking like I don't, I don't want anything more from this," which is also bullshit. She obviously cares about it more, but she just will not relent to that. Yep, it's uh, it's gross. It. It's gross. And I gotta say, I mean, at the end of the day here, I am more on the side of Lee than her. Like she's she's being real shitty about this. She's totally fine with cheating on her husband all day long, but wouldn't dare get a divorce to, because that would be breaking a, a sacrament before the eyes of their gods. Yeah. I mean, she's like, just she, shit. she's not a, gonna blasphemy. <laughs> yeah, just some fun <laughs> springtime cheating. <laughs> shitty. Shitty. Uh, let's talk about, uh, let's get over to, um, to Gaius having a bit of a revelation here. Indeed. So this is, I mean, it's not a revelation to him that Hera's there. I mean, he, he found Hera when they were leaving New Caprica, but we find out that she's sick. She is not well. And I, right. I love that Cylons are, know so much about human beings, can, can make a, an android form of them that is almost completely indistinguishable in every way. But when a baby's sick, they're like, ah, I don't know, burp it. Yeah. <laughs> Here, you take it, human. I don't know. Do you like Gaius' Jesus look and his robes? He like touches the kid's oh, head man. and shit. Like, so oh, Jesus. I'm here for you. What do you mean? You're not the, f- like, what are you? <laughs> I'm a warm-blooded person. Exactly. You cannot I'm be loved by a machine. Machines can't love. <laughs> Except for the ones that I bang all the time. I love them and they love me, I think. Get ready for your final thoughts, by the way. We just dropped back down to six. <laughs> so those will be coming up soon. Prepping. 
<laughs> prepping those finals. All right. Let's talk about the Chiefs. So four and, base stars appear. <laughs> yeah, listen, I'm I'm I'll bust it. I don't give a shit. Uh, let's talk about Chiefs little uh he he kind of catches wind of something. It's like he maybe hears something or he gets this impression that he needs right. to go. What a while. What I have been excited to get your thoughts on the Chief here. Uh, yeah, this was, <clears throat> honestly, it's a smaller part of the episode, but it's one of the more shocking parts for me because the chief, like he goes on to still talk about in this episode, is not some big religious faithful guy. He's almost anti-religious. Um, but this moment, you know what it reminded me of? Fucking Richard Dreyfus in Close Encounters. Just having this, like, I'm overcome and I'm in a trance and I'm just going to do this. And he doesn't even know why. It's not even a conscious thing. He's like, I just got this urge to start walking. Right. And I was so, like, I was so weirded out by it because it's so un- like him when he just started off into the wilderness of this unknown planet uh, without telling anybody and with no gear no weapon no supply i was like what the fuck are you doing man like are you just walking to your death like what is wrong with you and then he just stumbles into this gigantic ancient fucking temple such a shock like whoa never thought that was going to be happening in this episode um but here we are this is the location uh of the i guess what they say the departure of the original settlement of the original uh human beings yeah 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 temple of the five temple of the five fucking crazy we've seen this come up a lot in the last couple episodes the final five so to speak Yes, that's right. Mm. The final five Cylon forms that that evidently even the other Cylons are not all aware of. Right, right. And uh, we get right back to it, and we have a team taking pictures, gathering information. It almost becomes a bit of an archaeological discovery, you would say. And that's one of the cool things I love about this episode. I like that we're doing a supply run on some seemingly barren, not barren, but... but um, uh, what am I trying to say? Like empty uninteresting. World. Yeah, empty. There's not. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it holds much. Which which it looks like it has an abundance of life, which is great. So they're doing their thing, and then suddenly the mission has to shift to this other thing. Whoa! Wait a minute. This Dude. is a serious structure in here. This is a. This is pretty interesting, right? And this is when Rosin starts talking about the scriptures talked about the Eye of Jupiter being left by the thirteenth tribe as a way to point people toward Earth, and it could right. be there. That's right, the Temple of Five. Mm-hmm. Could this place be and, related to the Eye of Jupiter? So that's the one connection they're failing to make. So we know about the Eye of Jupiter, and that's something they've been sort of looking for. And then they also have the Temple of the Five. Right. And we see this sort of circular eye-like image attached to the pillar. Yeah. You know. Cool little emblem. Yeah. What exactly they, are we talking about, Adama asks. According to the scriptures, it's a marker, right? She says, that was left behind by the 13th tribe that points the way to Earth. But they seemingly have no way to like read it or interpret it yet. They, they haven't been able to figure that out. It Not doesn't seem obvious, apparent. right? It's, it's just right. a thing. It's like, how does this... I mean, we're talking about starships. We're talking about faster, faster than light travel. We're talking about traversing massive distances. How is this stupid thing attached to a pillar going to help us? It's not obvious. No. Very obscure. Very old. And they, they mentioned it. It's uh, 4,000 years old back at the, the original departure of the 13th tribe. So it lines up. It lines up. But this and, is, again, this dude is where it <laughs> kicks off into, to me, kind of season one feeling of bah, 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 fucking four base stars just showed up on Dreda's. Yeah. Holy shit. Everything this, drops. They've been, everything they've, you know, it's a good point. Uh, in terms of reminding you of season one, 
I think it's a, a question of here we go. The Silence are pursuing us again. This is we had a whole season three where they really weren't because we were on this other planet. Right. Not a whole season three. See, I'm doing it again. This is I always have this weird inability to remember that the Caprica the new Caprica arc is only a couple episodes. Right. It just it feels, feels longer, so yeah. long, right? Feels huge. Right. But but to the but to the characters it would, because we know that they were on that planet for at least a year. And then of course you have there wasn't much pursuit after that. They've they've kind of been in a hole. There's a little dust ups here and there, but not like this dogged arrival like it was in season one. But this time it's different, Matthew. It's different mm-hmm. because the Cylons want to talk. I that love the is, uh, reactions uh, on the CIC as they are requesting a parlay. Uh, I like this because it reminds me of that moment in Next Gen when uh, when Worf says, "Sir, the Borgard want to talk to you." It's like, uh, whoa, wait, what? They oh, do that, shit. and uh, <laughs> you kind of get this same pant shitting moment on the CIC. Of oh yeah, the Silence wanting to talk. Now, the difference between the Silence talking and the Borg talking is the Borg speak quite directly. They have no subterfuge. And we know from past dealings with the Cylons that it is always treachery. It is always deception. It is always in, uh, to sow disinformation or to, or to just create rebellion and insurrection. I mean, we see that's exactly what the Boomer model does here. But, totally. But there's always an issue. There's always this, they get in your head constantly. Absolutely. I just love the reaction of the entire crew. Everybody all of the crew members kind of standing up and gathering around to hear Cylons for the first time in a way. Because <clears throat> for a lot of them, it probably would be. They're like, holy shit, the Cylons are going to sure. actually talk to us. And the shock of, oh, Admiral, it's a pleasure to hear your voice again. Mm. This is Gaius Baltar. Oof. Everybody, everybody is shocked. Because they all assumed he was dead, correct? Like that was one of those things like, yeah, he probably died in New Caprica and that's that. Yeah, I don't know if it's a shock so much as that they probably just didn't assume he would have the gall to show himself based on right. what happened. Exactly. Or even that he would have the position among the Cylons to get on their mic, <laughs> that they would let him do that. Yeah, one of the things I love about this moment is Gaius's overwhelming loneliness. Oh, yeah. Which definitely. is if I'm not one of the final five, this is the last chance I'll ever get to see my kind again. I mean, yeah. he's quite aware of his position with humanity. <laughs> that they all hate him too. He's unwanted basically by everything. That's the pretty intense. position he's in. Yeah, yeah. man. It's pretty really awful. But uh, Cavill's great as usual. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, <laughs> such a bastard. But oh, uh, good, uh, you know, there's good acting on a Grace Park here. We don't really discuss her acting too much. But um, I she's, like, man, she's really good. I like when we move between the two characters where there is just a smugness on the Cylon Boomer's face, the, the, I guess you'd say the antagonist Boomer. Totally. And it's just, where I, I just, love- you know, she has the information and she can't wait to drop it. it. She, she just, I'm sure the direction was you, you know, a secret, you know, something that's going to shatter this person, this person betrayed you and you just can't wait to drop it. And there's just this arrogance dancing across her face. And I love it. Totally. And also, I mean, she's just such a fucking good actress here. Like, I, I love how far it's it's shown, how far we see that, you know, now, I guess if you would call her Sharon, I guess we can just call her that, but the Galactica Sharon has come as far as trust among the rest of the crew. Like, she stops the colonel. She's actually a colonel, wait, that's Boomer. And that's all the, the colonel needs to hear. He's like, oh, looks like you just lost your visiting privileges. <laughs> Get this bitch out of here. Yeah, that was great, by the way. So good. But boy, what a meeting. 
Everybody. Could, could Laura have any more contempt for Baltar? She she oh, has the man. She does it the best. The less this man speaks, the better this will go. <laughs> that is like I won't even address him. I'm just going to talk about him in front of him. What a, what a great moment in the show, though this this meeting. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, I mean, we are what eleven episodes in. Yeah, yeah, and they haven't really interacted really. with him since. Not really. Yeah. And uh, like it's so sincere, the the pain on his face where he's like, "It's oh, good yeah. to see you." Like I, I'm, I'm, so, I'm happy to see you guys like alive and well, and it's okay here. James Callis oh, is a good actor. Oh, he's really good. Adama's probably just like that tall Aussie bitch is distracting me with her titties <laughs> hanging out. That's a lot of cleave. <laughs> in in, in uh, Cavill with his fingers folded, he's a creep. <laughs> We come in peace. He's so he he's is so creepy and condescending all at the same time. Ah, oh, he's so fantastic. Yeah, he's great. Great bad guy. They and just jump right to it. We jump want right to the it. I have Jupiter. We want yeah. it we, without any protestations. None of your bullshit. This is what we're here for. It doesn't take a lot of diction to conclude that you haven't cut your losses and jumped away by now. Is that you probably found the artifacts, but you haven't been able to retrieve it yet? Is that about right, Madam President? <laughs> <laughs> he's fucking on top of it he's on top of things this guy that's a touching but not very convincing idea because she says something like we have people on the planet right and we're not leaving them behind and he's like yeah we don't believe you <laughs> right of course they don't and and this is you know where he's like oh the, the chances of this and you know i would like to discuss terms and the silence he hasn't heard of himself as us right 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 and also i mean he he i don't know how much i believe him here i believe that he, I believe that he believes himself, but I'm not sure what he means when he's like, they wanted to just blast you out of the sky as soon as we got here, and it's only because of me that we're alive. I mean, do you think that's true? Do you think he really was like, like they jumped here not expecting to run into the fleet either, just the same way that the Galactica fleet was surprised by them, and they're just like, oh shit, the Galactica's here, let's kill him. And he was like, no, 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 don't. I, I, I have a feeling he's probably telling the truth because there's no reason for them not to. I mean, pretty it, much. it makes no tactical sense for them not to engage them immediately and then just go down to the planet and take the eye of Jupiter. Right. I mean, you think about it. Yeah. They have which means, which means he must have convinced, he must have convinced the threes and the sixes first, because I'm sure Cavill was like, this is ridiculous because mm-hmm. Cavill keeps pushing that agenda the whole time after this meeting. Oh, yeah. So I, like, I can't, I can't imagine there's a tactical reason why they wouldn't want to just annihilate them when they came in and force them out and, and take and just hammer them. There's no reason not to. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it were just one base star and they were out here kind of on their own, it might be more like, ooh, is a tactical, kind of more equal We're taking a lot field. of losses for this. Right. Yeah, four, four base stars, four, dude. That's, yeah, you're done. Like, they, there's no putting up a fight against that, really. And, and you always have to remember, too, that the rules of engagement are very different for the Cylons in that they don't have to worry about protecting civilian anything. They are in total military mode. I mean, they're both in military mode. It's just that one happens to have more baggage than the other one. There's no concern for civilian casualties, right? Uh, again, we, we, talk, we, always, we always talk about Star Trek with this, and there's a reason for it. But um, you, you, you think about that with certain vessels. Uh, you know, the, the galaxy-class Enterprise had families on it, right? The next-gen one. But the original series one did not. So it just becomes a little bit different in terms of some of the risks you may be willing to take. 
Yeah. Yeah. They, they just essentially don't have to worry about anything. I mean, that's even part of the point that Cavill makes later on where he's like, let me, let us all remember we're fucking machines. <laughs> we don't have to worry about this shit. We can, we I, literally I, can take all the time we want. Dude. I love that. That is a, such a, good that line. is such a great line, you know, and I'm glad you mentioned it because I want to talk about that just as it relates to storytelling in general, you know, with LSU media, we talk about a lot of different things. We've talked about vampires, we've talked about elves, we've talked about replicants, we've talked about Cylons, we've talked about these enemies that seem, well, replicants is a bad example, they have a short shelf life, but we've talked about implacable foes that have uh, eternity, and it's seldomly written well, because I guess it probably just doesn't make for compelling drama, but I always thought that was a fascinating thing, especially like with elves in a fantasy setting, which is just like, we don't, why would, why would we get involved in the affairs of men when by the time I take a crap, raise two of my kids and build a castle that four generations will have passed and this war will have been over for 500 years. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't, I don't like, care. Why do I care? That's why would I, that's, why would I risk my otherwise immortal life on your bullshit? <laughs> that's right. And I always think that with vampires, like, Oh no, the the vampires are being pursued by somebody. And he's like, cool, I'll just re- retreat over here and then I'll come back next Tuesday and you'll be dead. <laughs> right. To you me, know, it'll be to, next to Tuesday. Me, for you, it'll be a century. Right. Absolutely. And I'm sure the older these things get, the more time passes quickly. Oh yeah. Yeah. Good. I've always thought that this will outlive them. will outlast them. We don't need to engage in this head to head combat. We can just come back, let them do what they're going to do. We'll find Earth eventually. Why don't we just destroy them? I, I'm mean, Cavill. <laughs> it has the right idea. Yeah, as far as like the pure Cylon mindset, I mean, I have to imagine that he kind of represents the larger mindset. Like, I think even the show t- kind of takes pains to, to point out that like the threes and the sixes are kind of an aberration among the Cylons. Like, they're the ones that are like a little more. They have a different perspective of the conflict. And it of seems humans. to be. Um, whereas I think Cavill is more the, the mainstream Cylon narrative of like, eh, fuck them. We're machines. We live forever. Who cares? Kill them all. Right. We've never seen anything. We've never seen any real sympathy for humans from any other model. No, it's true. None, even the Sharons and not even much sympathy from three, just more of a a tolerance and like a little bit of an understanding. Like six has like an actual, like, Ooh, like an admiration or at least a a sympathy for. Right. She's had a lot closer contact. She's lived among them and. Obviously, yeah. she loves Gaia, so that's part of that. But you would almost say, if you were watching this from the other direction, you would almost say, "Boy, there's a bit of a corruption here." I guess that's not true because we don't call Boomer, we don't call Galactica Boomer corruption. But you know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. it's like we you we have your ideology has sort of been uh, compromised by living among right. them, the dances with the wolves kind of thing. Right, right. You don't believe in that manifest destiny anymore, boy. <laughs> But um, a great meeting, and um, it ends with uh, Cavill being like, "And uh, as a sweet little cherry on top, we'll toss in Baltar. You guys can fuck him up. I know you want to." I'm improvising. <laughs> he just says it so point blank. Sweetening the pot, isn't that what you guys want? Yeah. <laughs> I love how he even th- right there. He's like, "I'm, you know, I'm doing your whole human terms bullshit. Like, right? isn't that what you guys want? You yeah. want this extra thing, make you happy?" Yeah, I love how Adama walks right up to uh, Deanne and she says, make an attempt and we will nuke this fucking place. And he gets right in her face. It's so good, man. It's such, And it's such a ballsy move because he really can't threaten them. Like we've already said, like the base stars or the silence themselves, like they don't pose a threat to that. But they're like, the one thing I can destroy is the one thing you're here for. And I will fucking destroy it. 
Uh, good acting on a Lucy Lawless because I her face says she probably believes him. Yeah, yeah. I think she's the one who definitely doesn't think he's bluffing. And this is a great moment because this is the part where Cavill's where, where, where Cavill's decision in retrospect seems like it would have been the right decision, right? Because they didn't <laughs> anticipate this response. Right, right. Just a fucking hold strong. They, 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 this is a mistake by the, by the Cylon body at large to not, to not have anticipated, well, what if they threaten to destroy it? No, I don't think so. But, but they might, like it wasn't discussed. It was just, well, let's go give them terms because Baltar has convinced us to give him terms to sort right. of leave. That's but it. what they didn't anticipate is Adama taking that sort of chop the arms off of the inoculated stance, <laughs> which is I'll wreck the whole That's fucking it. thing. I don't give a shit. I will burn it to the ground. <laughs> I'll cut off my nose to spite my face and burn your whole village. Down. I don't give a fuck. And I dig it. I think that's a good plan. I think that makes sense. And I do have to imagine that it is a bluff on Adama's part. Like even now, you know, I know we're jumping to the end of the episode, but it's, hey, you know, it's about time to wrap up anyway. <laughs> yeah, we're down <laughs> but, to five in the live, so. <laughs> but no, I do, with Adama's history, his past, and the way, he, you know, how much he was willing to put on the line for both Starbuck and Lee, I'm like, he ain't gonna just nuke the both of them. He ain't gonna do that. That's a bluff. It's a good bluff. He fucking sells it well. He knows how to do it. But I'm like, at the end of the day, I don't think he pulls the trigger. Yeah, it's a tough one. You got to imagine that Boomer might have some insight into Adama. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough call. We know he risked a lot just to save both Leah and Kara before. And yeah, it's, but it, but it's also, even though it's a bluff, it might be too much for them to pass up. It's, it's clear that the Cylons have an interest in this history as much as the humans. So there's that. Yeah. Yeah. And this could be, you know, and that the other quick, it's a quick line that we get here, but it, kind of betrays the fact that Adama is still like, I don't even know if I believe in Earth and, you know, this whole thing. But the Cylons think it's true, which makes me think, well, maybe it's not impossible. And because they think it's true, we have to kind of treat it seriously. Yeah, and it's possible Adama's like, well, I have another, I have other, we'll, we'll, we'll find Earth another way. Yeah. And, yeah. We, and we'll get our people off the planet before we nuke it. It's possible he really... I mean, he was pretty steel set on it. We, it's possible. We don't know. But you, it's you, true. Yeah. But they also have no communications with the people on the ground. The Cylons in the next scene here scramble all communication. So there's no way to, to really relay that, hey, you got to get off the planet now. <laughs> get going. Yeah. I love that. Oh, it's scary. Like, that's the other thing about this episode. They raise the stakes in almost every scene. Like, there's just a big ratcheting up of tension all around uh, every, everything. Everybody becomes more isolated. Everybody's decisions have to be made faster. It's fucking good. Yeah. This is a moment where I think protocol would be we need to evacuate. Right. The the people on the planet? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody get ready. Because obviously now they know about the Cylons, right? They do. They they basically get the enough just enough information to tell them that yes, you know, we got it. we think this might be the eye of Jupiter. We want you to try and figure it out. But if the Cylons are there and they try to take it, blow it. So they actually want them to put charges on the the temple and the the whole artifact itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. Which is it, which is uh, that part I didn't quite understand. Why not? Because it would be unless the, unless they were thinking. I, I guess it makes sense if you're going to leave your people on the planet because a nuke would certainly kill them. But I would yeah. almost prefer. All right, you guys get off the planet and we'll see how the standoff's going to go and we'll nuke the fucker. 
But I guess they like, want to try to keep them down there to hold them off from getting to the temple for now while they try to get the information about the temple. Well, I also, is, I think there's, they don't have enough transportation. Um, they were saying we need a rescue. We have to wait and sit tight and defend this area until we can get a, a rescue uh, crew from the Galacticus. I think they it. only have that one Raptor and it's not enough to pull everybody so out of there. So it's just a question of the logistics. If they start pulling people off the planet, it's possible the Cylons attack. Yeah, because that's that's the, that was the other threat from Deanna. Uh, Deanna, she was like, "If we see the, your people on the surface starting to leave, we're going to attack because then go. we're going I to assume that, that yeah. they, yeah, we're going to assume they have the artifact and that they're trying to, you know, fucking make haste with it." <laughs> All right, got it. That makes it much more sensible to me. Right. That's what, that's why I love just every single aspect of this is really tight. Like there's not a lot of room for error on anybody's part here. So they realize they got to dug dig in. They got to you know they got a dozen Marines, and we're gonna have to draft civilians. And Starbucks says, "I think you should put uh, Anders in charge of those civilians." <laughs> he used to command and I mean, civilians, and I get Lee's logic here. It makes sense. I'm like, oh, if you uh, the, considering the people you have on the ground, who's the person who led former civilians as you know warriors, basically people in combat? Sure, it's this guy. I mean, he's the guy who can do it. Yeah. And then he walks for the proposition, and uh, she's like, hey. And he's just like, ugh. <laughs> uh, it's so Cheating obvious. Cheating ass Jezebel. What's that? Cheating ass Jezebel. <laughs> Good stuff. And uh, oh, man. that's when Lee starts laying it on him. Deployment that's orders, it. fire teams. What are you talking about? We, we're not a fixed position defense. We, we don't, we're, we're saboteurs. We're guerrilla fighters. We're not a, we don't defend points. Right. He talks about hitting and running. He's like, well, that's what we did. We just kept moving, kept them on off balance. We never held a fixed position, whole different game. And he's not wrong. Mm-hmm. You want us to risk our lives for something we haven't even found. And then <laughs> Lee ups the stakes by saying, we don't even know if it exists. <laughs> I, I did. I, I was pretty much on the side of Anders in this whole exchange, but I did like that, that moment from Lee where he's like, yeah, we don't even know if it fucking exists. Actually, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. even worse than you said. Yeah, exactly. Just trying to big dig each other. Exactly. But uh, Anders is awesome here. The Don, I want to get between you and your major. Nice. Oh, oh, oh God. You know what, though? I'll tell paradise. you real quick. Uh-huh. You, ain't fo- you guys ain't fooling me with Big Red. <laughs> How's that? I see Big Red lurking around that tent, and Big Red <laughs> looks thirsty for Anders. You know what I'm talking about, Big Red. Just look Big carefully. Talk about you talking about one of the soldiers? Oh, yeah. Big red lurking. She's got a thing around her neck. Looks real hot. Kind of dirty. Yeah. Oh, I'm Big looking red. now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Big red. How'd you miss Big red, doggy? <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm going to be looking for her now. She followed Anders right out of that tent and gave kind of a go fuck yourself look back at Starbuck and Lou. Oh, I just saw her. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. <laughs> you telling me you're not going to grab a hold of that thing around her neck? Come on. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was about to say, you, one thing I felt thought was funny about this whole thing where Kara's like, I just can't divorce. I can't. I'm like, uh, you might not have to, sweetheart. I think he might divorce your ass. Like, he's yeah, looking exactly. pretty unsatisfied think, with this whole thing. You think Anders thing. gives a shit about your goofy, dumb gods and your silly <laughs> statues in your locker? <laughs> you don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, After you Big Red, so he's right. sliding over to his chocolate baby. <laughs> and that is that, as they say. That's a wrap for you, Starbuck. Once he, uh... Once he does the old, uh, once he gets in there and rolls around in Zahay with the uh, D, it's it's uh, sayonara for you, lady. Mm-hmm. Done and done. Uh, good done. moment with uh, Chief in the temple with Callie. Yeah, this is cool. 
This is really cool. <laughs> Him just talking about the sacrilege he would commit as I a kid, going to his parents' holiest of holy rooms and dance around naked with porn mags just to tell the gods to frack off. Mm-hmm. Ah, it's so good. But it's cool. It's cool urge. to have him sitting here in this moment, sort of reflecting on the holiest of holies from his childhood, and here he is again in what is considered the holiest of holies. It's this cool reflection. This the, your childhood coming back in this moment, and uh, right. he finds himself drawn to it. And what a complicated thing for him to try to wrap his head around. And it's, I mean, it is just cool irony too, where he's talking about like, this is kind of also the first moment in his life and his parents are gone where he's in the presence of what they would have absolutely considered super sacred and holy. Mm. And he, for the first time, feels it. He's like, I feel something in this place. It's something true. It's a special place and I'm about to blow it up. Like, I'm still that sacrilegious kid, but I don't want to be anymore. Like, I actually feel something. I feel at least some kind of reverence. Yeah, it's, that's, I mean, the interesting perspective between childhood and adulthood and what has changed. And mm-hmm. what do you, what do you, we didn't really talk. We kind of went past this idea of the chief just sort of stumbling upon this place. What, what do you, what do you, what do you think is going on with him? That I, man, I, I'm still, that's another one of those things where I'm like, boy, I don't know. I'm still turning it over in my head. Um, the two things that jump to mind, <laughs> I would say, for kind of just first off, you know, quick interpretation is I'm thinking, well, damn, maybe the the the, pro- the power of this prophecy really is of a religious power and mm. has real meaning and is drawing people out there, and th- their gods are real and drawing them towards Earth, and this is part of a, an ongoing, you know, destiny being fulfilled. Or he's a Cylon. <laughs> oh, shit. And, like, and maybe he fucking has some programming in him that picked up where he's supposed to be. Like that, In the back of my mind, I was like, oh, this is weird. The, the, the timing is weird. I mean, he wanders in to this temple uh, unknowing why, just kind of being drawn along by some urge, and then the fucking Cylons show up. I'm like, right. oh, God, that's kind of weird. Yeah. And it wasn't like he just walked 20 yards and into no, a cave. He- he went up out there, right? Out into the desert, dude. Yeah, yeah, pretty wild. Good stuff. Good yeah, it's it, uh, it's uh, it makes you go, oh boy, what's this mean for our man? Right? Because I mean, that, it's been a while, but we we can't ever forget that a lot of times the people who are Cylons they just start doing things unconsciously. They just like, oh, I just I don't even remember. I just did it. I just came. You're like, mm, that's weird. Yeah. Uh, we also learn that the system's time is limited, right? Gata says this is an unstable element to the astro- ast- astronomy here, right? Yeah. We're going to get a little helium flash, and then we're going supernova. And it could be, but the thing about this, and, and I don't know if this is a BSG science thing, but it's but these predictions could be, from what I'm told, a, a minute to a year to t- a thousand years. It's tough to say. Right. And he even says like, it could be tomorrow, it could be next year. We just don't know. Um, but it's just incredibly unstable. And there's not too, like you was. I think the main point is that if it's, it's about a, to go chances, supernova, yeah. our, our, our alarm bell for it is very brief and it's coming very, very soon after that. And his other point, which I may even be larger, is the chances of us converging here in this moment in time with this particular system is pretty ridiculous, which goes back to Gaius's point, which is fascinating that we still find Gaius somehow agreeing with Gaius. <laughs> it's true. Because <laughs> they're both smart guys in truth. Right. And this is where we get a look in on the Cylons, which is great. I love this. I love seeing them planning. Yes, man. Deciding. This is Cavill at his best. Cavill's such a great character. We have a standoff, very predictable. They have the eye, and they'll (laughs) nuke it if we try to take it. And we'll shoot them down if they try bringing it up to Galactica. 
Mm-hmm. Are we sure they have it? Elobian asks. How do we know they're not bluffing? You don't, Gaius says. Mm-hmm. And we can't afford the chance. It's interesting that Leoban's not sure. I like that. Right. And I, I think he's even the one who says, you know, later on, like when the stakes are too high, uh, where he's talking about like our, our investment in this is too high. We have to believe his bluff, even if we don't think it's legitimate. Mm-hmm. And that's where Cavill brings up the point. Like, listen, we got the human pestilence. We got 5,000 years. It's fine. Why are we rushing to this? We're machines. <laughs> right. We can take our sweet ass time. It's awesome. And it makes six uncomfortable. You can see it in her body language, deep inhale. And it's because mm-hmm. she knows that as far as the logic of the plan, it's sound. And that is awfully a very convincing argument. But right. what I think is fascinating about this m- moment is that we see, think about all we've learned about the Cylons over time. We've learned about their machine-like nature. We've learned about their ruthlessness in the beginning. And now we're seeing them unable to make a decision or rather debate a decision with one of the factors being an emotional response to a bluff. Right. Right. That's 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 interesting because it's, it's, it's it's a total human thing. Totally. That they just don't know what to believe and they can't really, there's no clear way to predict that one way or the other. Yeah. And, and that's why I, again, like Cavill's point of view kind of cuts through all of that. He's like, we're worrying about the wrong problem. Like we don't have to worry about getting the artifact or getting to earth or how soon he's like, we're not on a timeline. We're not on a time crunch for any of that shit. The real, the, the situation we need to address here that might be a, you know, a limited time for us to, to act on is to take down Galactica. We got it surrounded. We got it Mm -hmm. outnumbered. And this is where we learn that they've sent down a heavy raider strike team. Well, they're going to try to do this a little bit differently. Ugh, big red. <laughs> Plans are in play. Yep. And then we see our boy, uh, our boy Anders doing his thing. He's telling Big Red what's up. He's like, how you doing? You looking good. I'll looking see good. you later. Getting real warmed up for that. Yep. So I can take much <laughs> to get me warm for that. <laughs> but he's got one team distributing ammunition, another team building Tilium mines, which I, I guess you know they're going to use to try and take out Centurions because they don't have a lot of heavy firepower. And we know that telinium, telinium is what is the fuel for the vessels. Oh, it is. Ooh. Yeah. Because remember they Extra were looking risky. for telinium. T- yeah. Jesus Christ. Tilium. Thank you. For tilium when, <laughs> it, when they were trying to refuel the Galactica, I believe. That's right. Yeah. And they found that like Cylon refinery. Right. Yep. Tight, tight. And he's but, a good yeah. leader. He's just a good leader. He is. And I like the moment where he's like, it's okay to be scared. I'm scared too. You know, mm-hmm. we just got to keep our heads on, you know, on straight and we can do this. We can you know, hold this position. Let's get out of here in one piece. Uh, and I mean, and Lee does, I think, legitimately try to be good to him here. He's like, that was good. Honest. You make a good officer. And he's just like, oh, whatever. Fucking like, I would be like, shut the fuck up, dude. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Lee's trying to be a good guy here. I'll give him that that point. But it's like, dude, this is not the time that you can be a good guy. Yeah, he is, I guess. He's also trying to mea culpa a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Also, (laughs) it's pretty wild when Andrew says, do you think you're the first? Dude. And I, again, not not terribly surprised. Not terribly. I mean, that's Kara through and through. I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right, actually. Uh, but I like how he's just like, I know, you know, I know how she is and that's my business. I chose to marry her. Like, yeah. but, but I think he's more pointing out the fact that like, but you, 
you, her superior officer, you, this guy's supposed to be in charge. You know, like you're the one I'm mad at for, for engaging in this. I kind of accept a level of fuckery from her. Um, and I mean, that's weird. Hey, but that's their business, I guess. It is. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not for me to judge. That's not my, that's not my thing, but, but it makes sense if that's, if, if, if he you know knows it, and he you know understands. Reminds me of, and, actually, Reminds me of fucking Ellen and uh, yeah, Saul. Yeah, yeah. Where he's yeah. just kind of like, yeah, she screws around a little bit, whatever. I still love her. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, there's that. Remember that famous tape of him where he's like, I don't care if you have sex with them. I don't care <laughs> if you sleep over their houses. Just don't post images of it on social fucking media. <laughs> Wasn't that the fuck? What? Uh, Sterling. <laughs> Sterling. Yeah, yeah, Sterling. Yeah, ah, yeah. fuck. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's that it. fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, which I know a lot of people, I know there was a lot of racial talk in that, but I, but I think it was like the, it, let's not make it an embarrassing thing. Like do your thing, just don't make it. And that's kind of like Ty with Ellen. He's like, I don't, we don't, don't, it doesn't need to be a big giant fucking thing. <laughs> right. Just don't fuck up our life and finances. Jesus. Yeah, exactly. But, um, back we go. Let's talk about the, uh, let's talk about the discussion with the Cylons. This is between what a moment this is. This is another one of the bigger shocks of the episode to me. This kind of departure between mm. Gaius and Six mm. really didn't see this shit coming at all. Um, and honestly, I, I want to hear more of your take on this. And obviously, you can't, you know, maybe give me the full picture because we'd probably go into spoiler territory. But there's a part of me that thinks, okay, Gaius is playing a little bit of an angle here. Like, I think he's allowing himself or allowing Deanna to think he's closer to her and they're kind of forming some closer bond, alliance, whatever you want to call it. Because I think, especially when, you know, with the, the Cylon machine talking about the one, the chosen one, the chosen one, it's staring more so right at him. At, right at guys. Right at him. And I think he's like, well, I need to get in there. I need to get close, a.k.a. I need to, to pair up with Deanna. You know, and we already saw head six encouraging him that, yeah, she's in love with you. Use that basically like mm -hmm. give her that because that's going to give you an asset, give you something closer. So I'm like, I interpreted it as Gaius does still love six and want six. But at the same time, in this moment, he knows he has to kind of go with this subterfuge of yes, no, I am, I am choosing Deanna. It is our destiny together. Mm. I think, yeah, it's an interesting play. I, I always thought of it like, I think I think in these moments, Gaius has this internal dialogue going, which is, what am I going to do going forward? If I can never go back to humanity, if I can't right. go back, what am I going to do? Just sleep all day? Like, what... <laughs> What is my purpose? I think oh, I think, just have to luxuriate in these threesomes with these two beautiful women. Oh. Yeah, I think I think he needs purpose. I think you know, but no, I agree. I do agree. Yeah, it's a pretty listless existence he's been having here lately. Right. With also his head sometimes just on the chopping block. They're just casually discussing killing him. Correct. He has no power over his own destiny, so to speak. And I think right. Yeah. Yeah. But I. But yeah. No. The the full dynamic of this. I, I feel like I don't fully understand yet where i'm like damn I, I i can't see the way because we we get a very small moment with head six when they're on board the galactica where she's like oh just like old times right but that's mm. it it's again it's the only other time in this episode we see head six and i, I feel like head six is playing a different game than than caprica six i think so too and i think yeah i think there's some of this i think it's tough for me to say to be perfectly frank 
Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. So yeah, it's tough for you to say because you fucking know too. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. <laughs> ah, we'll have to see. We'll it's too to bad see. our listeners won't get to hear though, you know? Yeah, they won't. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Things don't start shaping up. They ain't gonna know nothing about season four. <laughs> season four will be hey, we're back up to seven. <laughs> Look better, at that. Better hurry up. Season three <laughs> ends, it better be on the upswing. On the old upswingers. But the balls of three, pray for us, Caprica. We'll be praying for you. <laughs> praying for you while I squeeze your man. <laughs> yeah. But, I don't know. She doesn't care about the sex as much. She cares about the emotional content. Oh, totally. Totally. Um, but th- yeah, the other big part of this is that uh, Deanna, three, believes that when she enters the temple as the chosen one, which she isn't, uh, but she believes she is, and she believes that that's going to deliver the, the the at least the knowledge of the five other Cylon models to her that that's what she's going to receive. Correct. Can we talk about Duala getting it done? <laughs> Hard working. She's, when she's a little shiny and a little dirty. Ah, I'll, yeah, that's I'll, good. I'll tell you what, boy. <laughs> Butter me up. She's just putting in the work. I love it. She's just so. You know, I'm not I'm not being a total fucking pig when I'm talking about her. Like she's attractive because she's working hard, she's smart, yeah. she's efficient, she's just got the room's attention. Seriously. I I one hundred percent agree. Like she's and just she's ignoring this. the bullshit. Ignoring you mean Starbuck? Correct. <laughs> ignoring her fucking like shitty fucking comments. Correct. Ah oh, man. But yeah, she's planning out, you know, who will be flying uh, and uh, doing some patrols to actually do recon and see when when Cylons could be approaching and setting up placements, pointing out where everything's going to be on a map and just fucking, hey, we got an hour. Everybody get fucking ready. That's it. So um, Yeah, it's awesome. She just ignores Starbuck totally. Uh, Completely. And I mean, I don't blame her because Starbuck is contributing nothing here. Like she's just being a shit. She even says, do we have a problem? No. And then D walks out. (laughs) That's that. And off to uh, Starbucks first recon patrol, which goes real dog shitty. Oof. Shot down. Immediately, man. In a blaze of glory. Right? (laughs) I mean, flies over, spots a couple of the Centurions, and they've already launched rockets at her. Yeah. And she gets tapped. Yeah, she was not not expecting that shit. No. And they're using their old-timey radios to to send back, you know, a message to the, the base camp that Starbucks has been hit and she's going down. And Lee's on the other side of that phone. The five temple, the the five was fashioned after the five priests, and you know Laura's doing her reading, and that's when Adama has quite a meeting with with the president. Uh-huh, and yeah. he's like, "What's this child alive business? <laughs> What's that all about again?" Uh, good stuff here out of Mary McDonald, right? She's like the the. The joy of knowing the kid's alive overwhelms the guilt she feels about not having told the Dama, and then that kind of catches up. Right, right. Where she's like, oh, yeah, I did fuck up pretty bad on this. Dude, but, Adama just straight walks out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dude, not giving it a fuck. That face, he, I mean, he, boy, I he finds a face on him. I think he finds it so disgusting. It's disgusting. As it is, yeah, it's gross. And I mean, and again, there there is this aspect to to Laura where she was trying again. It's kind of like fucking Lee trying to be like you're you could be a good officer to Anders, where she's like, I yeah, did yeah. still try and look out 
for this kid. I did still keep her in, in you know, in my sh- school for shelter, and I was trying to look after them and make sure things were okay. But at the end of the day, you're letting her parents believe she's fucking dead, and it's it's, it's it's funny because we finally get to see a major decision that turned out to just be a kind of a mistake. It seems right, right. We talked right. about this a lot. Like, is this the right call or not? And it's easy to say retrospectively, maybe it wasn't if it's going to cause a rift in trust between Hilo, Boomer, and everybody else. I find it, you know, you know what I, I like about Adama telling them is he doesn't really say, I didn't know. Like he doesn't, Adama sort of stands behind the decision kind of. Right, right. Or at least just makes the leadership seem like we're all, we're aligned. all a part of this. Yeah. We're all aligned. Yep, absolutely. Oh, but yeah, Hilo, Hilo is fucking pissed. Man, he's got a, Hilo was happy for a little too long, <laughs> right? Got to kick him down some again. But Adam has a point. Someday he'll be happy to know your kid was alive versus not that. Yeah. The difference between me and you is my kid's alive. Your kid's alive, right? When he tries to yeah. compare. Yeah. That he's was like, good you stuff. of all people having lost a child. And he's like, yeah, your kid is actually alive though. That's the news I'm delivering you that your kid isn't dead. You're welcome. <laughs> I mean, it sucks that she's away from you and that you thought she was dead for so long. It's still, still a traumatic thing to have to live with, even if it's not true. However, your what a kid horrible is alive. position for Adama to be in, too. Oh, so, like the, the worst messenger position of all time. Yeah. Because like, you, you, you weren't even in charge of this decision, so you can't even understand the reasoning behind it, but you have to deliver the shittiness. Fuck that. <laughs> Make Rosalind uh, do it. <laughs> right you go and explain to him yeah. i'm dragging you out of here by your ear <laughs> and then we got a well, well anders we get, is being told he cannot go rescue his wife well and uh, just a quick note that scene ends with uh, a very hard close-up on sharon where she's like i want to see her and that's that's oh, the right. last glimpse of the storyline we get for this episode Absolutely. she demands to see her baby how's she gonna do that Geesh. Take a salon field trip, little officer exchange. (laughs) We're going to have to figure out an embassy real quick. (laughs) Get us one of those sexy uh, six models. We'll do a little exchange. (laughs) Going to be nice. Hey, how old are you? (laughs) Nice. Nice. (laughs) Gross. (laughs) Yeah, we have to hold Uh, our positions, Lee is saying. Anders is like, eh, go fuck yourself. Yeah, because once the news of Starbucks ship having gone down gets back to him, he's like, yeah, fuck your mission. Fuck your mission that I never believed in in to start with. I'm going to go find my wife, but she could be dying. And Lee is like, no, hold the line. We don't have enough men. Uh, That's not going to hold. Yeah, not going to hold. But he's like, no, we just take the hills. We'll, we'll, you know, fight them. We'll go get her and push back the Cylons by meeting them, basically. Yeah, yep. I love how Ty's not sure about Adama's thoughts here. When we go back to the CIC and the scene starts to heat up. Because they see, this is the other big thing. Another whole uh, heavy raider squadron gets deployed, like six of them. Uh, So they just start, they just openly, the Cylons, just brazenly sending out their own ground craft at this point to back up the, you know, which the the fleet doesn't know about yet, but they're sending them to back up the Cylons that are already there uh, and just brazenly doing it in front of them. Like, yeah, what are you going to do? Let's test them. And even, yeah, Ty's the one to pull that up. They're like, they're testing us. Kick ass. But dude, they arm all these fucking nukes. Launch, get ready to launch <laughs> tubes four through ten. Emily, I cared about her before you. Yeah. <laughs> fuck you, you spoiled little prick. Oh, fucking Lee. Oh, Lee. What difference He's... does that make? Who gives a shit? 
it's his wife. And then we we see Chief, of course, just staring to the eye of Jupiter. I love like, it. I have no idea what to do. What is happening? This. What's guys? Everybody mad out there? Is everybody all pissed off? Ah, oh, darn! <laughs> he has no idea he's about to be turned into nuclear ash. <laughs> and it's he's like just- he's like. He's the poor bastard who like didn't do his homework and is out in the hallway before he goes into class. Like, oh, okay. Uh, if I can think I remember two of the symbols. He's like, I wish it had a gimbal I could fix or landing gear I could fix. You know, he's like, I don't see. <laughs> can I is- put a monkey wrench on any of it? <laughs> can I use hydro spanners on this problem? I don't get it. <laughs> is there like, can I put WD-40 in part of it? I used good old fashioned elbow grease and just nothing. Hard work is doing <laughs> nothing. After like an intense ground fight and like they're launching nukes at each other in in orbit and just like barely hanging on. Like, oh, we got wireless up. We can get one message to the chief. Chief, chief, how do you, how's it going down there? How have you done? He's like, uh, well, I found something that's kind of like a lug nut and tightened it, but then it broke because it's made <laughs> out of stone. And that's it. I don't know anything else. I, <laughs> I fucking don't even believe in this shit. Sorry, it's getting real hot in here. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Terminator 2 hands yeah, out of the chain yeah, link fence. Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> children's swings burning. <laughs> Thanks, Chief. <laughs> Sorry, Chief. I didn't think your uh, expertise was cutting it this time. But no. Release of nuclear weapons authorized. Ooh. God. A lot Damn. of people staring at each other. I love the I love the manual turns that get has to do. Choom, 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 choom. Oh yeah. Looks fucking cool. It's awesome, man. But holy shit. So that's where we are left. Nukes armed, aimed, and, you know, ready for release. And Indeed. that's that. To be continued. To be continued. Not next week, though. <laughs> sure as hell not. Ah, definitely <laughs> the not. The week after, everybody. Yeah. Hey. We're going to wait, too. These to be continues, I like to do them back to back, but nah. You guys think you can get your yummy treats without eating your veggies, huh? <laughs> Nuh-uh. No, you're How not can you have peas. your pudding if you haven't had your meat? <laughs> <laughs> you take those peas and you scrape them back from the edge of the plate right to the middle. Yep. You fucking eat them all up. You eat them up and you like it. Because mm-hmm. I'll tell <laughs> you right, right now, Beijing listeners, you are not leaving the table until your veggies are eaten. <laughs> all of them. And I'll Asparagus wait you out. Too. You'll sit there till 3 a.m. I'll wait you the fuck out. Don't tempt me. <laughs> Daddy, you'll bust out the bottle of scotch and I will sit here all nuke night. the eye of Jupiter from orbit, <laughs> and I will not hesitate. The only way to be sure. That's it. Great well, episode, huh? It's a fucking killer episode, man. It's I love so it. good. Uh, but no listener comments. Mm-hmm-hmm. Yeah. So we thank you guys for tuning into the live chat. And we'll <laughs> all see of you. you. Hey. We'll see you in two weeks. You're not getting our final thoughts. <laughs> what do you think of that? That's your punishment. Oh, that's right. That's it. This is, this is full-blown bad cop marketing right, right now. That's it. So, um, uh, hey, real quick, here's your final thoughts. 